Welcome back to the Beyond the Sports Podcast. In this episode, we had the pleasure of talking to Deshae Milburn about his football journey. With that being said, let's get into it. First question is just, uh, yeah, man, I ain't, ain't going to do dirty <laughs> like that. I ain't going to interrogate you. Hey, you sweat and done like that. Nah, that, that ain't the type of journalism I do. Why don't you just introduce yourself to the people and let them know who you are? I've been working out with a... Uh, a lot of kids in my community uh, in the Galveston County area. Uh, grew up down there, played football down there and basketball. And I just know how much being an athlete helped me to get to where I got without me even realizing it. And where I'm at right now, you know what I'm saying? Just the kids need guidance. And I think that was a, a way of guidance for us without us realizing it. And then sports teach you life lessons on the way that you could take along with you after you even done playing. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I had my fair share of stuff that I did well and then my mistakes. And it basically molded me into organically ended up being a mentor and a trainer for the people down where I'm from. I'm gonna take you back a little bit. You know, hey, when you're doing an interview with me, I'm I'm not sure if you know it now, but I'm I'm gonna dig a little deep and I'm gonna find a little facts and stuff about yourself. One of the things I found interesting, man, in high school, you caught 81 passes for 1,379 yards and 16 touchdowns in 2009. I just wanted to know because I know you play wide receiver. Was there any particular like wide receiver that you looked at and you molded your game after? You just went out there and hey, I'm gonna just do my thing out here. No, I think everybody got they, you know, they own body movements and way they want to do stuff naturally. But if you want to be great, you got to look at people who did it before you. At the end of the day, so basically, I just had a baseline. Uh, my pops played receiver too, so. That kind of helped as far as uh, progression and knowing how to do certain stuff. So with him being older, you know what I'm saying? He on that Jerry Rice. Like, you you should yeah. be able to do the route, how the route need to be done, and get open every time, no matter the coverage. You know what I'm saying? What defense it is, you shouldn't have to do no extra because Jerry Rice ain't do no extra. He used to get open every time. So as far as baseline and fundamentals, I felt like that's why I had that because that reason. But as far as when I got to high school and college and watching people, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I really took a liking to in, in, in elementary and middle school, like the Tory Holtz, Isaac Bruce, uh, Marvin Harrison, uh, the people who really ran routes officially, uh, throw two on third and 12. They sitting on the sticks. They know they got to get there, still get the first, them type of guys. Then when I got older and uh, I started paying attention to uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Crabtree and Stevie Johnson, for sure, them were the three I really, you know what I'm saying, did a lot and molded my game after when I was playing. It may take a little bit old school saying Marvin Harrison. A lot of people don't know about Marvin Harrison. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I've been watching football, playing football for a while. So Marvin Harrison, you know, he dominated forever. Oh, yeah, man. You know Killing the Texas area. Cinco, he the reason I feel like I'm training. And it's crazy. I met him last year, and I told him that uh, at the gym, Olin, that I train at sometimes. But 
he was the first person who really kind of released them YouTube videos and started putting out what he was doing in his free time, where that kind of gave me some stuff that I started doing at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Even I still yeah. do that with some of my guys now, but that's how I, I really wasn't a guy who trained, so to say, on uh, technicalities. I just ran routes, you know what I'm saying, in my free time. But watching Ocho Cinco's videos, it was around 2010, 2012. That's when I kind of started, uh, quote unquote, training. That leads me into my next question. You talk about passion, you know, Coaches sometimes like passion, they just do it just to do it. But, you know, the short time that I watch your videos, the techniques that you're teaching these young DBs and wide receivers, you have a love for the game. I know no matter if it's sports or not sports, everybody has a why. Like, well, what's your why? Like, why do you do it? Like, day in and day out. Dang, that's a good question. So, um, naturally, it's just to help. You know what I'm saying? When I start, started doing this, I did it because – my homeboy, LaKendrick Williams, uh, I seen him at a seven-on-seven -seven tournament. He told me he started doing this uh, organization, Mike Evans Elite, well, Mikey. Uh, I've been knowing Mikey since I've been growing up, being from Galveston, so that was crazy that even happened. The next day, he said, stay in my apartment and come hoop. So the next day, I see Mikey at Red Line and Katie. We hooping, Block, uh, Tang, Smitty, all of them there, too. Everybody that hooping, Chubby, uh, Trey, Trey Carson was there, Darrell Walker was there, a lot of AM people because LaKendrick went to AM. So, long story short, uh, I just started helping him coach seven on seven. Um, and that was in 2017 or 2018, I believe. And I was just traveling back and forth helping him. I put it in his ear, like us being from down there and me already knowing Mikey, uh, I think it'll be good for me to get that going where we from. You know what I'm saying? I think that that'll be something we should should really look at. So he was with it. Uh, we started it up, did an 18U team. Um, and that was a successful first year for what we was trying to do. Uh, the next year, which goes into naturally why I do what I do. I got put in uh, a jail facility because I violated my probation because I didn't check in at the end of the day. So being all that, it just re-reminded me why I did what I did because like a lot of people don't know with me moving around a lot. Like I was a three-star on Rivals, uh, top recruit, but I never had the offers I felt like I deserved because I moved a lot. You know what I'm saying? My sophomore yeah. year, I had 70 tackles, two picks. Uh, running back off that team went to UNC. The next year, I had 30 catches, 800 yards, 10 touchdowns, and I had like 75 tackles and eight picks. That's when I was playing in Arizona my junior season. Uh, I moved there because Clear Springs, where I'm from, just got built. They weren't going to have a varsity. So I moved with my pops in Arizona so I could play varsity. I didn't want to play JV. I moved back to Clear Springs senior season, and that's when you saw those stats you saw, which I had a hell of a season, but I feel like it still hurt my recruiting. But I always wanted to choose winning over my personal games. That's just been me, and my team in Arizona wasn't winning, and I wanted to come win at the end of the day. Long story short, I go to Texas State which was a great opportunity. I don't look down on anything. I appreciate 
Coach Brown taking a chance on giving me a scholarship when a lot of people didn't. All I had was La Tech in Wyoming. Uh, Cal was trying to offer late. They never pulled the trigger. Uh, UNLV and a few other teams offered after signing day, which is where I found out there ain't no, you don't have to sign by February that day. You know what I'm saying? You could not yeah. take the scholarship. And then after then, you could still sign, which is normal now. But we didn't know things like that when I was coming out. You know what I'm saying? So just going from that, um, being marked ineligible at Texas State because I didn't have enough credits towards my uh, degree. So my GPA was where it was supposed to be. But you have to have a certain amount of credits in that uh, major to be eligible so it's certain rules that go into football that's harder than a regular student because you're not being whatever because you don't have enough credits towards your major if you're a regular student you know what i'm saying so ended up going to uh graduate from a associate's degree so i could play right away uh, i only needed nine hours because i had so many hours from texas state to graduate so i knock out the nine hours head to west texas a&m uh, do all two a days, end up getting into two deep, probably going to be competing for a starting job. They tell me three days before the game, I can't play because I didn't take a full-time semester, even though I graduated. Since I didn't take a full-time semester, that technically didn't count for whatever reason. So I'm in Canyon, Texas for no reason, and they didn't let me know. So long story short, I end up coming home, and then I went to Kingsville, uh, that's where my daddy played. That's where my mama from. And uh, I just walked on again. So that's two places I walked on from being a scholarship player. And that's why I tell my kids I had no ego and I really wanted to be great and I wanted to play. I didn't want to play how I wanted to play. I just knew I wanted to get in the game, get this film, and then I was going to end up going to the league. Like, that's just what I had in my head, no ego. I just know I needed to be on the roster. Uh, coach Wilkinson, I uh, love that man to death, gave me a chance. Was going to be the only coach that I talked to since playing both ways where I went 30 catches, 800 yards, 10 touchdowns, and eight picks who was going to let me play both ways in college. And D2 isn't just some place that lets that happen either. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. just to the retrospect of the respect he had for me and I have for him, and I appreciate him. Um, but I uh, had to sit out a year because I transferred in conference. Uh, the next year, I uh, did all the practice and everything, got to the point of about to graduate so I could play, and I didn't turn the paper on time. That was my fault, and I turned it in late, and they already put the grades in. So I literally didn't take a class in the fall semester but I still didn't graduate to the fall because I turned in that paper late. So I didn't get to play that season. And that's my fault. And I look in the mirror and that's on me. You know what I'm saying? Then the yeah. next year, they told me I could play because D2 it goes by semesters, not years. You got 10 semesters to play. So I uh, was going to be able to play. Obviously, trying to make ends meet, not being on scholarship and certain things like that, I chose the wrong thing to do. I was selling weed. Uh, trying to make ends meet is not right. Uh, I felt it was right at the time in my head because I'm trying to chase this dream. But at the end of the day, 
you have to make sacrifices and sometimes you you, you can't do the easy way trying to do something you're trying to figure out because it's just not going to work and that's why i always tell my kids you can't live two lives and do two things and think you're going to get the positive every time you know what i'm saying sometimes the negative going to happen so basically somebody told that i was doing it i sold to an informant signed for five years probation um and then Coach Wilk was still going to give me a chance to play. He told me to come back for uh, two of days. So I came back, and uh, I was there ready to go, worked my tail off to be in shape, and I had to go talk to the – I had to go to court. So I went to court, signed for probation, drove all the way to Kingsville before 5 because I had to meet with the athletic director. The athletic director told me, I'm going to go with Coach Wilkes' decision because I trust him and I could see that you're trying to make a change and you made a mistake, but I'm not going to hold you to that mistake. So I go back, train. Like I said, come for two days. He left and went to Delaware State and took a job at a D1. The interim uh, athletic director was a guy named Ruben. He might still be the uh, trainer there now. For whatever reason, even though he's seen me there the past three years, worked my tail off, I got a son in college, you know what I'm saying? Just everything he saw, team leader, all the coaches and players love me. He chose to say and override what the last athletic director said, I don't think it will be a good look if we let you play on our roster for what we're trying to show at our school. So after graduating and everything that happened, he told me he wasn't going to let me play. And that basically brought me to that point to where I started training and working with kids organically. And, and of course, I wanted to make it, you know, and that was always the plan and the goal. But God had a different plan. And I think he going to bless me even more be, being able to do this. Like, you know, you could get injured. Anything could happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just feel like that's basically why I do what I do and how it happened. Like I said, it kind of leads me to the fourth question, you know, wisdom and knowledge. You know, a lot of coaches, like I said previously, just get in the game just to coach. But the game of football and all sports is about making better players on and off the field. And I feel like you do a good job of that. And I seen like on your Twitter, like one of the things that you emphasize, teaching over training. Could you just like give me more insight on what that quote means to you? Uh, well, what it means for me is, for one, kids not going to listen to you and buy into what you're saying or what you're doing. Rather, if you know what I'm saying, you know what you're doing or not. Like, that's why I try to tell them. I had coaches that I knew didn't know anything or didn't know what they was talking about, but I respected and liked to the point that I was going to look them in the eye when they was talking. I was going to listen and do it the way they said because I knew they cared about me at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? They was looking out for my best interest. Where now, it's a thin line between where kids, you know, can they could tell that now, especially with them knowing their value as far as uh, NIL and, and stuff like that. So, uh, Coach Marion at Texas says it a lot, and I talk with my, uh, my mentor, Hooks, and uh, Margin Hooks in Dallas, and uh, – um, Reggie Moore, he's the uh, offensive coordinator at Prairie View, and it's about, you know, you got to let the kids know you care and be personable, care about them as a person and their well-being, 
for them to even listen to the training part, for them to understand that. And then the second part of that is uh, a lot of people who work with kids just don't understand how to make them understand what they want to say. And I feel like I got a, a gift of being able to communicate. Uh, that was my major in school. So I graduated with a communications degree. So when I tell a kid that it doesn't catch as well as you want to uh, catch the ball, use your hands, I don't stop at that point at which most coaches do. They just say, hey, you got to use your hands. Don't use your chest. You know, they throw your hands up at the ball. You got to do your hands like this. But they never even stop to think if the kid looking at the ball or not. You know what I'm saying? The kid cannot yeah. even be seeing the ball where you keep telling them to put their hands on it. They're not looking at it. So one thing I emphasize in catching is catching with your eyes, freezing, framing the ball, uh, you know, different stuff. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but I just like to get to the point where I feel like anybody could get better. Anybody could get to the level that they want to if they realistic and, and meet me halfway because I'm going to push them to get there. But it's a sense of working until they get it instead of writing them off or acting like they can't do it or not figuring out the way they need to hear it for them to understand what you're trying to say because everybody learns different at the end of the day. So it's, it's the coach's job to figure out how that kid learns. It's not the kid's job to figure out that coach coach, even though that's the culture and that's how it is. And I explained to my kids, that's how it's going to be. I just don't feel like that's the best way to, to get the point across. Cause everybody not going to relate to that at the end of the day It's basically get down and lay down, you know what I'm saying? So my last question is like, what's one thing that you always preach to the athletes that you work with? If I could say one thing, It'll be no block, no rock. And all my guys say that, you know, all my guys got a thing. I was at Pearland practice yesterday uh, watching. They just moved Evan to safety, but watching Pat, Aiden, and Pitts, they all been working with me for two years now. They were blocking all right. We could do better. Need to sit in the chair a little more. Need to run their feet. We could always get better. Coach May at Pearland, and appreciate uh Coach Go and Coach May and the whole staff for letting me watch practice yesterday and make sure my guys are doing what they're doing and see if I'm echoing the same things they saying because I don't want to be teaching anything that that player not going to do directly when you go to school. So I don't train every kid the same. If you're in a different playbook, we're going to work on what you do for your playbook. That's not what I'm doing. This is what y'all doing, and we're just trying to develop that. But, yeah. I'll say no block, no rock, man. You blocking seventy five percent of the game. If you cold, yeah. you're only gonna get eight to twelve catches a game. If you average, you're gonna get three to five. And if you a rotational guy, you're gonna get one to three. So you better get good at blocking. And before we end the interview, is it like anybody or something that you wanna uh, shout out to the people? Oh man, shout out first of all, my family. They really, you know what I'm saying? always have my back and always believed in me, especially Devin. You know what I'm saying? My little brother, um, he's a athletic coordinator at uh, Clear Lake Intermediate, but I definitely appreciate him. Uh, uh, Beat, I probably wouldn't be doing all this if I ain't, you know what I'm saying, had that, had that going with him. I appreciate Mike for letting me work with people down in our area. 
represent his name and brand. So for a brand like that, for somebody to respect you enough to uphold the brand and, and, and kind of do what you, you want to be done, you know, I definitely appreciate him because I just I know how that works. You know what I'm saying? Um, my pops, he definitely helped me, you know, get to the player I was before I got to being on my own. And, and even though he was not that he was gone by choice, but just how life happens, you know what I'm saying? Years at a time, I still always appreciated him for always having his door open, or his phone open, because everybody not, not that willing at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate my partners that uh just really, you know what I'm saying, help me push what I'm doing because they know that I'm doing it for the right reasons and they know that it could actually be something that, that grows into something special to where we at because it's a whole bunch of people working with people where we at where that's never been a thing before. You got my partner, you know what I'm saying, Billy Owens. Uh, man, there's too many people, you know what I'm saying, Jaleel, uh, Del Fonte, uh, you know what I'm saying, Donnie Bags works with some people. You know what I'm saying? It's just a lot of people in our area working with people now. So I just think it's about to be something special that's brewing where we at and, and, and everybody keeping about the kids and everybody just, you know, try to push the youth forward, we could change it. Because everybody knows this kind of how stuff going and how it is. So we need some positivity and some, some good stuff going where we at for sure. That does it for another great episode. Thank you for tuning in, and I can't wait to bring you guys another one.